When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Motown legend Smokey Robinson performs this Saturday at MGM National Harbor near Washington, D.C. We spoke about him growing up in Detroit, signing with Motown, and writing a string of hits from Tracks of My Tears to the Tears of a Clown. Hey, Smokey Robinson, it's an honor to talk with you. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you for doing this, Jason. How are you, man? I'm doing good, doing good. Well, we're really excited because uh, you're coming to MGM National Harbor uh, this Saturday. Where does this fall for you in terms of getting back out after the whole COVID mess? It's been a crazy, what, like two years, but where does it, you know, where does this fall for you? Getting oh, yeah, 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 Jason. It, it, was, it was really crazy. Everything shut down, really, you know. And uh, until April of this year, I had not done a concert since February of 2020 because, you know, everything just shut down, you know. And unfortunately, I was uh, afflicted by COVID uh, in December of last year. You oh, know? you actually got it. But uh, it, yeah, I actually got it. I actually got it. I got it severely. And, uh, you know, uh, it, was, it, was a, it was a rough, <laughs> a rough comeback. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm totally well now. I've been well now since, uh, you know, uh, January, really. But uh, but it uh, it was it really affected me badly. But now you know, like I said, it, it, that's over, and the concert concerts have started back up, which I am very very happy about. And uh, you know, I've done a few concerts this year and had a great time, had a wonderful, fun time. Wow, well that you're you're one of the lucky ones then. So this month being back out when you come to the the National Harbor and all your shows it it must is it it's sort of like a, a celebration just just being alive and playing all the hits for everybody. It must be a celebration. You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well yeah. that's that is great. There's so many, you know, hits over the years that, you know, we can go into. But, but you know, whenever I have someone like yourself on, someone esteemed like yourself, I love hearing sort of your journey. So I know you were born in Detroit in, in 1940. Um, how, did, how did you actually get the nickname Smokey? Was it your uncle or something? Yeah, my uncle, my uncle Claude. Uh, you know, I, I, I grew up loving cowboys and he would take me to cowboy movies starting at the time when I was about three years old. And uh, he had a cowboy name for me, which was Smokey Joe. And that's what he called me. When anybody asked me what my name was, I told him Smokey Joe, because that's what my Uncle Claude said. And so that lasted until I was about 12, and they dropped the Joe off, and I've been Smokey. <laughs> Did you have a favorite cowboy movie? I'm curious. <laughs> oh, no, no. Hey, man, I just love the ones who sang. Roy Rogers, Gene Autry, those guys like that. You know, the the, the, the Sons of the Pioneers. All those I love the guys, the cowboys who sang. So, uh, you know, singing was always in the in the backdrop for me. See them tumbling down. All those singing cowboys. All right. Well, you know, so how, hey, how would you know that, man? How <laughs> would you possibly know that song, Jason? 
Tumbling, tumble. Got my grandfather was in a band, so he knew all those. I was gonna say you sound much too young to know that song, man. <laughs> much too young to be this damn old. Uh, yeah. Well, um, cool. Well, how how did you get into music then? You know, what didn't you grow up with a bunch of you know famous people that would go on to be famous like around in the same neighborhood? Well, yeah, I had a lot of a lot of people who uh, fortunately became famous out of my neighborhood. You know, I lived four doors down the street from Diana Ross, right around the corner from Aretha Franklin. And right across the street from the Temptations and the Four Tops, you know. So uh, there were a lot of people in our neighborhood that uh, that turned out to have some good things happen for them in show business. Definitely. Well, how did you actually meet Barry Gordy then? It, I know the Mir- you and the Miracles were. Uh, it might have been their first, the Motown's big first, you know, act. But you know, how, how did that whole meeting come together? Well, you know, I met him long before he started Motown, man. Uh, we, the Miracles, and I went for an audition for Jackie Wilson's manager. Jackie Wilson was my number one singing idol at the time. Oh, so and good. Uh, he was from Detroit also. And his managers were in town talent scouting, and we went for an audition for him. And uh, up to that point, uh, Barry Gordy had written all the hit songs for Jackie Wilson, and I had all of Jackie's records. So I, 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 you know, I knew who Barry was when I met him, but uh, we went to the audition, and they rejected us. And uh, Barry came out afterwards and talk to us and and um you know the rest is history man <laughs> exactly well it's so much history and so little time to go through it so i if you don't mind let's rapid fire i'm gonna throw out one of your songs and just share a quick memory of you know either recording it or why you think the song works so well but uh shop around we love that song shop around i originally wrote that for one of our other motown artists a guy named barrett strong we had a hit record on a guy named Barry Strong called Money, That's What I Want. The best things in life are free. Blah, blah, blah. So Barry wanted me to do an album on him. And so I, I, I thought about, you know, money, that's what I want. What do you do with money? You shop. So I wrote Shop Around, and uh, and it was originally for him. And I was very excited about it because Shop Around was one of those songs that, you know, took about 30 minutes to write. Some songs take forever, but that one came and just flowed out, and I was very excited. And I went and showed it to Barry, and he convinced me to sing it. He wanted me to sing it because he liked the way my voice sounded on it. So um, that's the origin of Shop Around, babe. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. How about you really got a hold of me? Because I know the Beatles covered it, but you wrote that thing and did it first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you really got a hold of me. Uh, Sam Cooke was another one of my singing idols, okay? And I, I love Sam. And uh, and uh, he had a record I called Bring It On Home To Me, which is very bluesy. And, and, and like that. And I wanted to write something like that. So that's where you really got a hold on me came from. How about Ooh Baby Baby? Ooh Baby Baby was one of those accidental songs. It was, I, I say, uh, a happenstance kind of song because the Miracles and I used to sing a love medley of tunes by other artists at that time. And uh, we, at the end of the love medley, one night in Washington, D.C., um, at the Howard Theater, I just started to sing at the end of the love medley. I was singing to a little girl, and I just started saying, ooh, baby, baby, ooh, baby. And the guys were so in tune. We had grown up together and been together for all of our lives. They just started to harmonize with that. And people went crazy. So we said, okay, we're going to put that in every night. And we did. And then finally we said, let's write a song, ooh, baby, baby. And that's where it came from. Wow, so that was born right here in D.C., where you're coming to play. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah. Well, all right, we'll take some pri- special pride in that here at Nation's Capital when you come perform. And, oh, baby, baby. Uh, how about Tracks, oh, of hey, my Te- Tracks of My Tears? That might be one of my favorite. How'd that come out? 
Well, Tracks of My Tears was uh, the origin of Tracks of My Tears, like so many songs for me, was my guitarist, who has passed on now. His name was Marv Tarplin, and he had written that music for uh, Tracks of My Tears. And he would put his guitar riffs on tape for me till I could come up with a song for his music. And uh, Tracks of My Tears was one of those songs. It's a great, it's really a great one. And then Tears of a Clown, that great, it sounds like a carousel almost, but had, wasn't that based on like an old old fable, old story of a clown? Well, the, the story actually is Tears of a Clown. Uh, uh, the music for that was written by Stevie Wonder. And Stevie came to me and, he, and that, that original track that you hear on that song is the track that he had already recorded. He'd already, but he couldn't think of a song to go with it. So he asked me to work on it with him, and I did. And uh, and um, when I heard bum bum bum, but dun 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 dun, that's like Barnum and Bailey, Ringling Brothers, you know. So that's their theme. So I heard that, and I wanted to write something about the circus, but I didn't want to write about animals or trapeze artists or anything like that. When I was a child, I heard the story of Pagliacci, who was an Italian clown who everybody loved. I don't know if Pagliacci was fictional or real. I I don't know that even till today. But anyway. <laughs> Uh, he was—he was the reason people came to the circus was to see Pagliacci, and so he was very loved by all the people, all the fans. And he went back to the dressing room and he cried because he didn't have that kind of admiration and love from a woman, you know. So, uh, Tears of a Clown is a personalized story of Pagliacci. After you left the band, what were your thoughts seeing, you know, the new miracles sort of carry on the banner without you? Was that was that bittersweet with songs like Love Machine and the like? Well, yeah, I was very, very happy for them, man. Like I said, the miracles were my brothers, man. I've been known since I was 10 years old. So, you know, yeah, I was very happy for them. I wanted them to carry on. I wrote a song called Sweet Harmony just to them with that, with that, with, with that message. I want you to carry on. Be great. Be, be, be wonderful like you can be. Because I had no intentions of being in show business when I retired from the Miracles. I had no intentions of, uh, intentions of ever coming back to show business. And, you know, I was doing my vice presidential thing at Motown, and I was very happy with that for about two years or so. And then I started to climb the walls. And one day Barry just came and put me out and told me to go make a record. And I wrote a song called A Quiet Storm, which was my debut back into show business. Gotcha. Well, of course, inducted in the Rock Hall in 87. And then here in D.C., uh, I guess this is how we'll close it out. Coming full circle, uh, recently, a couple years back, I guess in 2016, you came here for the Library of Congress Gershwin Prize. Uh, I actually spoke to you there on the red carpet thing. But how how big how big of an honor is it to, you know, that you're sort of enshrined in a, you know, a place like the Library of Congress? You know, as a songwriter, man, you can't, I can't beat that. You know, the Gershwins was some of the first music I ever heard in my entire life as a baby in Detroit, you know, growing up. I had two older sisters and my mom between them. They all they were always playing music of every kind. And the Gershwins music and the Gershwins songs were definitely among those. So for me to be in uh, the Gershwin Hall of Fame and as a songwriter, I can't beat that. It's, 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 a, it's an impossible dream come true. Well, so is talking to you, sir. So uh, from the Gershwins to the Singing Cowboys, lots of influences. But man, your music has just, you know, lifted so many of us over the years. So we really, really appreciate it. And we're excited to see you at MGM National Harbor this Saturday. Mr. Smokey Robinson, the legend. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Jason. Take care, man. You too. Bye. We also spoke in 2016 at the Grammys on the Hill event at the Hamilton in D.C. to raise awareness for music publishing rights. I'm very proud of the fact that I am a part of that legacy. 
You know, Motown did something around the world that had never ever been accomplished before. You know, with all those artists in the same stable and making all that music and stuff, that had never been done before or since. So I'm very proud of that. And how about the, the reason we're all here, Zach Brown Band? I, I'm, so, I'm so proud of them for being the, uh, the, 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 the origin of this movement. Yeah. You know what I mean? They started this movement. So I'm very proud of them for that. Because people who make the music should be compensated and paid for it. The writers and the publishers have been, been being paid all along. But not the artists. Not the, not the producers and the engineers and people like that right. who are very... The creative forces uh, You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Are you I, gonna, I take my hat off to them. Are you guys doing advocating while you're here on the hill? Like tomorrow? Is that yeah, the, tomorrow. Yeah. That's what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah. yeah. How about Tears of a Clown? Where, where did that one come from? Tears of a Clown, the music for that was given to me by Stevie Wonder. Okay. Stevie Wonder gave me that track. He had already recorded that track. And when I heard bump, 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 that was a circus. Yeah. So I wanted to write something about the circus, but I wanted to personalize it. When I was a child, I heard a story about a clown named Pagliacci, who was an Italian clown who made everybody happy. All the kids, all the people came to the circus to see him. Yeah. The animals and the trapeze, those people were secondary compared to Pagliacci. And he made everybody happy. Everybody loved him. He'd go back to his dressing room, he would cry because he didn't have that kind of love from a woman. So Tears of a Clown is a personalized story of Pagliacci. And uh, where, where, where were you? You guys did, you really got a hold on me, pre-Beatles, right? Yeah. You guys did it first, and yeah. then they, they took it and tried yeah, to, to it. remake so, it. Yeah, you made it for the Miracles, and then they took it and tried to, and covered it. Yeah, thank God. Thank God. Yeah. Which version's better? <laughs> <laughs> Yours, man. Uh, no, I, I know you're a busy man, so uh, we'll let you go. But uh, how about you. the look at your face? Is your smile out of place? I, I hope not. All right. <laughs> Thanks, man. All right, man. Yeah. <laughs> Later that year, Smokey was honored with the Library of Congress's Gershwin Prize for Popular Song at DAR Constitution Hall. I'm so honored to get this award. I mean, you know, to be mentioned in the same breath as a songwriter with the Gershwins. Come on, I can't beat that. It's a wonderful thing. I'm, I'm very, very proud. I'm very, you know, flattered. As a kid growing up, I wanted this to be my life, okay? So this is like unbelievable to me. I grew up listening to the Gershwins, man. That was some of the first music I ever heard in my life as a baby in Detroit growing up because I had two older sisters and my mom between them, they played all types of music. So the Gershwins were prevalent in my house. So now I'm getting the Gershwin Award? Incredible. Yeah. Sir, is it true that you lived a couple houses down the street from Diana Ross? You mentioned growing up. Oh, absolutely. She lived four doors down the street from me. Aretha Franklin lived right around the corner. The four tops lived right across the avenue. You know, we had a lot of people in our neighborhood. Yeah, it's true. Because I listen to all music. I, I, I love music, you know, and I, I think that everybody has some good music that I can enjoy. So I listen to everybody. You might catch me listening to Bach or Nelly and everybody in between. Yeah. Do you remember your first meeting with Barry Gordy? Oh, I mean, how could I forget that, man? <laughs> Take us, what was it like? It was, it was wonderful. I mean, you know, he was a songwriter in Detroit. He had written all the songs for Jackie Wilson, who was my number one singing idol as a kid. And uh, to meet him was very um, dynamic for me. Yeah. When Shop Around blew up as your guy's first big hit with the Miracles, do you remember the first time you heard it on the radio? Were you driving in the car, or how much did that change your life? I, I do not remember the first time I heard Shop Around on the radio. You know, Shop Around was a huge record for us. I don't remember the first time I heard that. I remember the first time I heard our first record on the radio, uh, which was called Got a Job, and there was no Motown at the time. You know, Barry had recorded us and put us on a record label called End out of New York, and I was in college. And I had a transistor radio plugged into my ear. And I heard a record on the radio, and I ran out to the phone booth, because they still had phone booths, <laughs> to call all the guys in the group and tell them my record was on the radio. 
Yeah. What inspired Tracks of My Tears? That's my favorite song. Uh, my guitarist. He was the inspiration for so many songs for me. He's, he's dead now. He's passed on. His name is Marv Tarplin. But he used to put his guitar riffs on a tape for me and put them down, and I'd listen to them till I could come up with a song for his guitar riff. So he inspired that. And if I could tell you my favorite song, it would probably be a song I had absolutely nothing to do with. I love songs. I love music. Yeah. You know, there are trillion songs. So if somebody picks one of my songs to sing or to play, I'm not going to critique it. I'm going to be overjoyed because as a songwriter, that's why I write songs. So people can sing them and play them and stuff from now on, hopefully. So when they do it, I'm, I'm just elated. Countless artists showed up to pay tribute, including Motown founder Barry Gordy. Well, it's, it's just extremely important, much more important than anything that, that I personally have received because Smokey is the human being that he is and one of the greatest songsmiths in the world. I mean, he can take simple ideas and make them so extraordinary and so beautiful and uh, I just admire him so much, you know. I, I taught him his first teachings of how to write a song in a short time. I mean, he was this great poet that put, it was such a great poet before I even met him, I mean, but uh, he just didn't know how to put a song together. Um, and, but what he did, it was just amazing, you know. He could take anything that anyone said, I mean, What's so good about Goodbye, for instance, and make a beautiful, great song. I realized early on that he, he, he was a genius of, of, of song, of poetry, and simplicity, but it all came from his heart, you know, from his soul, I mean, and the kind of person he was. And, uh, you know, I knew right away that he and I would be great friends, but I had no idea it would last over 50 years. You know, being my best friend for over 50 years was like, it was just, just here, you know, we're always anxious to be there for each other, you know, and um, being here today is just the icing on the cake for me, so you can't beat it. Because first of all, we enjoyed what we were doing, you know, I, I you know, I wanted to teach youngsters and he wanted to learn and it was never we've never had an argument you know in 50 years I mean and we fought I mean <laughs> you know we fought because we are major competitors we compete on everything tiddlywinks whatever you want to do tennis golf this that you know we argued over songs that were out uh, that our company was doing in quality control meetings which we had every week and we'd fight over the best song, and, and uh, he and I would compete over songs. And I told everybody they had to be in those meetings, very honest, it doesn't matter who it is, in those meetings you could not have any reprisals against you, you have to say what you felt in your heart. And when his songs became more voted on than mine, I, I really, um, I really had to uh, challenge the people in that meeting. I said, are you just doing that because you know you can, because I told you you can, or is this song really better than mine? Because I know it's not. I mean, how can you pick my girl over <laughs> something? 
<laughs> I also discussed Smokey's legacy with Corinne Bailey Ray. When you put your records on, which Smokey records are you listening to? Do you have any favorites? Well, I've been listening a lot to Ooh Baby Baby, which I'm performing tonight, and it's been really interesting to go through because there are sort of melodic moments in that song that I recognize in other people's art. So I can hear a particular line that he does that makes you think about Carole King. So I see that Carole King is influenced by Smokey Robinson. I hear um, Smokey sing, I'm crying. And then I think about I Am The Walrus, which comes out a few years later with the same lyric and the same melody. So he's like incredibly, I think he's very inventive. You know, a lot of his singing is improvising. And um, you know, when you're a singer and you're just listening to someone just peel off like, melody after melody after melody and then I'll see him do it live and it's different ones, different ones, different ones. Yeah. It's really uh, incredible to see that the amount of uh, uh, ideas it can sort of generate you know, in a, in a moment. So I, that's the sort of song that I've got really deep with in the last few weeks and I've been preparing to do this. But Who's Loving You is a song I knew through the Jacksons and obviously that's his song. Cruising, I knew through D'Angelo, and that's his song. You really got a hold on me. That's, a, I think, absolute classic song. There's so many. Do you remember when you first discovered Smokey? I think I heard Smokey as a child. You know, my parents were both into Motown, so I imagine I heard his music really early. And then, obviously, so many people have covered his music. You know, Marvin Gaye and the and the Beatles especially. But a lot of those early Marvin songs were Smokey songs, which I only just recently realised. So. Like Lucky Me, for example, yeah. that's one of my favourite songs of his. I think all these artists come out of their particular historic moment. You know, Smokey was talking last night about growing up with Chopin and Mozart and Beethoven and the Gershwins and, you know, the American Songbook and jazz. That, that was the pop music that he was listening to. So all those influences go into something. Um, I think he's a brilliant poetic writer. And then he's writing at a particular historic moment when people are struggling and people are crying out for political and social change. And I think you can't extricate the person from their environment. So, I mean, there are a lot of things that are troubling in the world and I think it's a responsibility of writers to engage with those things. And so I think that the best musicians are people who sort of recognize the times and try and be Self. I think that protest is really powerful and important. I think speaking truth to power is something that's necessary and something important for artists to do and to be in touch with instincts. And so, um, yeah, I'm really happy that all these different protests are happening. And uh, I think, yeah, the most important issue facing all of us is, you know, environmental change. And I think that lots of artists are connected to that. And, we need to talk more about that and have more of an understanding of what that means. I next spoke with CeeLo Green. There was an era of which uh, the youth kind of sampled their parents' music. I think that there's a way that we can kind of uh, run those two things concurrent. I mean, like, as a show of appreciation for what, you know, uh, our, our, our pioneers and our forefathers had done as far as music is concerned. How did Smokey influence your music? Oh, I'm... I'm the uh, I'm the surrogate son of Smokey Robinson. <laughs> Obviously, I'm a miracle. <laughs> Perfect. After that, I caught up with Gallant. Do you remember the first time you heard a Smokey Robinson song? I, I was really young, but I, I do know I used I was in this play in D.C. actually called Runaway Home, and um, I, I was like t I was like eight, nine, ten, and um, Smokey Robinson was the, basically you know most of the soundtrack. 
And so for six months, I mean, that's all I would hear. And it just kind of um, embedded itself even deeper within me, um, let alone the fact that my family, obviously, you know, the huge Motown fans, they played songs that he sang, songs that he's written. Um, I mean, he's such a, he makes up such a huge portion of everyone's musical palette. It's impossible not to have early memories of his music. How has your appreciation sort of grown now that, you know, you're an artist in your own right compared to those early days when you're just, you know, a kid enjoying the music, but how, you know, do you look at it a little differently now and say, oh, all right, this guy's really something? I mean, it's, it's always been, and it, it, I think it will continue to just be fascination. You know, I'm so fascinated by um, everything that Smokey stands for, everything that he's been a part of, um, his style, his uh, penmanship, I mean, everything about him um, is just fascinating. And I, I doubt that I'll ever um, get to the point where I look at it in, in any other way. You know, it's just um, always going to be up here, no matter what. I next spoke with B.B. Winans. It is important for me to be present. You know, um, wh what we share between us is we used to live a block away from each other. And me and my brothers used to shovel smoky snow when it would snow in Detroit, Michigan, because he would give you a little bit more money than other people would give you. So all the children would dash to his house. And, and you know, when you take that to when we cross paths in our music careers, and he's been such a support, no matter what I needed and what I didn't understand, he was there to help. And so he's just one of those people that you don't mind giving because he continues to give to us. So that's why it's important for me to be here. Sometimes we don't get a chance to see each other, so when you have such a great lineup, you get a chance to talk. And so, you know, the, the real enjoyable part has been behind stage with Smokey and CeeLo and, and all these wonderful artists, Allo and Kip. We, we just had a great time of fellowship. I, that's what I call it. So it's been a great time to get to know these other artists in a way that sometimes you don't get a chance because you're always moving here and there. I also spoke with Kip Moore. Hi, Kip. How are you? How you doing, buddy? Uh, when did you first discover Smokey? Um, Do you I, 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 I first discovered Smokey as a very, very young kid. My dad, I had two brothers, and we would all get in his Silverado truck, and we would drive about an hour and a half to the coast. We did a lot of flats fishing, so it was a lot of Smokey. Um, the, the bands that Smokey wrote for, The Temptations. He was a massive Motown fan. Sam Cooke, Otis Redding. Um, so, Motown has been in my blood since I was born. That, that stuff was in my house. So I think that you feel it a lot when I do certain things, like My Baby's Gone on my record. You can sense the Motown influence. Um, I love Smokey's, uh, what he's done for me and my family and my life and the joy he brought into my household. So I'm very honored to be here and to, to uh, play one of his songs. Talk about sort of the, the crossover between, you know, country music fans and we love Motown too. You know, just talk about how the, it, there's, it's all one and the same after a while. Well, I think you just said it. It is all one and the same. Um, music, whatever genre, you know, there, there's a place There's a place for every genre to speak to every single person. Um, I've never been one of those people that just listens to one type of music. Uh, I was big into American rock and roll. I was big into Motown. I was big into country. I was, I was into jazz. I was into bluegrass. Um, I never want to let one type of music define what I do or what I want to be as an artist. Do you have a favorite Smokey song before we go? Tracks of my tears is 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 is, is my all-time favorite. Yeah, it's 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 the it is the most amazingly sad lyric on this happy melody that is always a tough thing to do as a writer. Um, that's a that's a tough thing to pull off and to 
he, he did it in the best way with that song. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a beautiful song. It's a beautiful song. Even Samuel L. Jackson showed up. Good to be here. I'm glad to be here celebrating Smokey. And to end on a funny note, here's Smokey discussing his new skincare product, Skinphonic. I myself have very dry skin. And I play golf, you know, and I'm out in the sun and all that, you know. And I travel all the time and being on and off the airplanes and so on and so forth. It is a wonderful product. My wife and I, Francis, we were the guinea pigs for it. We, you know, we, we're in with the company. And we tried several different solutions and stuff until we got this one that is the one. So that's what I'm working on also. You mentioned the skincare product. Why isn't the tagline, take a good look at my face? That, that's you should have been there when we came up with it. <laughs> that's a great idea, but you should have been there. Love that's it. incredible. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time. I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.